Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for Stock Market Podcast Globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to the Wealth Within website and click on the News and Media tab. The challenge most people have is that there are many myths and misconceptions communicated about the stock market, not just by those in the financial services industry, but by those in wealth creation. So why do they do that? Well, quite simply, they either do not want you to be independent as you create your wealth, or they simply want to prey off your desire to create wealth. For the most part, the industry is profiting from the uneducated and in doing so, lining their pockets and not yours. So how do they do that? Well, they just keep pushing the view that investing in the stock market is complicated and mysterious. Worse, they say it's best left to the so-called experts who are supposed to know what they're doing. Yes, this fallacy is perpetuated by the financial industry as they stand to gain from your fear, anxiety, and dare I say it, ignorance. After all, we do not know what we do not know. And we also tend to trust people who are perceived as authorities. So how does someone who is inexperienced, achieving very mediocre returns, or possibly losing money, work out from the overwhelming load of information out there what they should be doing? Well, here's where my top 10 tips will help you. Let me say right up front that getting better returns on the stock market is very easy. All you need to do is dispel the many myths that are holding you back. Now, before I get into my 10 tips, let me say that the majority of people do not get started because they think they need to be good at math or have a technical mind, amongst many other things. The reality is that you don't. Now, my first tip is don't dollar cost average. This is a concept that has dominated the financial services industry for decades. According to industry experts, dollar cost averaging can reduce your risk of investing in volatile markets. What they don't tell you is that volatility is what makes your money. The industry also says that it helps you to avoid the so-called pitfalls associated with trying to time your entry into the market as they believe it is not possible. Now, based on that statement, it means that what I do all of the time as a trader is the impossible. But that's another story. The concept of dollar cost averaging involves depositing a fixed dollar amount into an investment at regular intervals over a period of time. This started back in the old insurance days where you signed up to pay into a policy every month and hopefully in 30 years you were wealthy and retiring in the Bahamas. Well, when I was 19, I signed up for one of those policies, believing it was the way to guarantee I would be rich. Well, if you read my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, you will find out that this investing technique did not really work out for me, nor did it work for most people. The thing is that they invest your money every month, regardless of whether the market is moving up or down, 
so as to average the price at which you purchase the asset. Yes, I hear you say, but if these people are experts on investing, why would they continue to buy when the market is falling? Now, you'd be right in thinking this is not really a smart idea. In fact, it is very unwise and unexpert-like. The real emphasis with dollar-cost averaging is the inability of you, the investor, to time the market. Consequently, they encourage you to invest smaller amounts over longer periods of time to take advantage of the fluctuations in the market. Sounds awesome as you can build and compound your money. Well, the reality I found is that it did not happen and I was not alone in this. In my opinion, the dollar cost averaging strategy is flawed. Why? Because not only has the investor lost the opportunity to invest their funds in assets that are rising in value, but they are taking higher risks investing in assets that are potentially falling in value with no guarantee of making a profit on them. Now, I'm sure you'll agree that this is ludicrous in anyone's book. So what's my second tip? Well, this is that cheap does not mean you get a bargain. Many newcomers to the stock market mistakenly believe that buying cheap is the best method for achieving higher returns. But what is cheap? Well, if you've been watching my videos and indeed watching our live stock market show, you will see quite regularly that people ask me about perceived cheap stocks. They ask questions like, should I buy? Where is it going? And should I hold onto it? To name a few. Some of these stocks are less than one cent. Some are just a few dollars. Let me say up front that how many shares you own in a company nor its share price gives you any indication whatsoever as to how much money you will make. This is the number one biggest myth that I see perpetuated and it constantly costs people their capital and decimates their returns. Buying a stock because the share is trading at a lower price compared with others is not a valid method of comparison. The buying something because you feel it's cheap belief not only costs you money, it hinders your ability to generate profits because for the most part, you're investing your faith in speculative stocks. In other words, you are speculating that a perceived cheap stock will perform better than a solid blue chip stock and you simply cannot make that assumption ever. In my experience, anyone buying or holding onto a stock that is perceived to be cheap is gambling. Worse is if they own one that is falling in value and they continue to hold it in the hope of a recovery at some stage. Unfortunately, buying cheap is very much fraught with danger and generally ends in a costly mistake. Indeed, when investors buy cheap stocks trying to get a good buy, they end up usually saying goodbye to their money. Therefore, your aim should always be to buy quality stocks, not quantity, because this is where you'll get the greatest, easiest, and safer gains. Now let's get on to tip number three, and this is buy and hold really is not the answer to get good returns. Probably the most perpetuated myth in the financial services industry is that you should buy and hold for the long term. Now the reason we hear these words is either because the financial industry cannot time the market or they want to do less and deliver a poor to average return rather than a good return that just takes a little bit more effort. In simple terms, funds unlike you are simply too large to manoeuvre into and out of the market with any speed. But you're not a fund and so you do not have to do what they do. 
Consequently, the industry cautions us through advertising slogans about the perils of attempting to time the market. But if you accept that time in the market is more important than timing the market, then you are probably subjecting yourself to one of the greatest downfalls of anyone wanting to beat the market average. Now, unfortunately, the majority of investors who adopt this approach achieve mediocre returns at best, simply because all the gains they achieve in a bullish market are decimated when the bears take control. What this does is give you more stress and uncertainty. In my experience, taking a more active approach allows you to participate when the market is bullish and sit on the sidelines when the market is moving sideways or down. In doing this, you have less losses, you make more money, and you have less stress. Now, that has to be a winning combination. Now, let's look at tip number four, and that is to use leveraging wisely. Unfortunately, the poor understanding and use of leverage leads the majority to trade more on emotion rather than logic. Most using leverage are chasing the market in the hope of attaining riches. Normally this is through ignorance and being sold a dream by some provider of a leveraged product or service. What occurs is that overconfidence abounds, particularly when trading highly leveraged markets such as Forex or contracts for difference, as people often mistakenly believe that they can handle the fluctuating extremes of these markets simply because they watched a video or two or they did a free online course with the provider. The sad reality is that for most trading, highly leveraged instruments is like giving the keys of a Ferrari to a 10-year-old and telling them to go for a drive. The real truth of the matter is that unless you've proven to yourself that you can profitably trade stocks directly, you should never consider trading leverage markets, as your chance of success is less than a few percent. Once you have trading experience, you may want to trade leverage markets. If this is so, then my advice is that you never invest all of your available capital and never leverage beyond 50% of your total portfolio. Tip number five, well, this is another big one, and that is don't follow the herd. I constantly see investors react to market conditions. Stampede up the mountain when the market is rising and crashing down just as fast when the market is falling. Unfortunately, this mentality is proliferated by the daily market reviews and sentiment expressed in the media. But what is it that drives us to follow the herd, particularly when it comes to the stock market? Well, it's common for investors to follow the herd to avoid the feeling of remorse in the event that their decision proves to be incorrect. Now, I often hear statements like, hey, my friend's doing it and I thought I'd give it a go myself. What occurs is that herding reduces the time you require to properly analyse an investment decision. The thinking is that because if everyone else is buying, then someone must have been smart enough to have already done the required analysis, which is not necessarily true. The reality is that many investors would rather purchase a stock that others are also buying in order to seek comfort in the knowledge that they are not alone in their decision making. It also enables investors to rationalise a stock that starts to go down. Since everyone else thought so highly of it, it makes sense that they did too. Now, in my experience, it's wise to take a contrarian view to investing, which is supported by Warren Buffett, who once said, it is better to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. It is also my experience that investors generally buy and sell too late because they follow that herd. 
This is because they hear that XYZ stock rose 50% last month, and so they jump on board hoping for it to do much the same this month. Then as the stock falls away, they move into a state of uncertainty of, do I hold or do I sell? That is until it falls enough that they either panic and sell, or justify holding saying it will come back to what they paid. But will it? And when will it do it? As you can guess, this is not wise investing. Remember, the best time to invest is before the stock goes up in price, not after it. Hence why you need to be contrarian. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to the Wealth Within website and click on the News and Media tab.